2: <laughs> How about that? You in the have faith in you. You in the faith in you. And you. It's time for another edition of the Hey! It's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's episode 42, the Jackie Robinson edition. Today we have a very special guest. The one and only former Michigan alumni, Al Melchior, joins the program to talk about fantasy baseball and whether he does it for love or for money. Sit back and relax as your hosts, Michael Dovier and Christopher Deary, bring you an action packed episode. Take it away, boys!
3: Welcome into the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you aboard. You are listening to Michael Govia. I'm your host, along with my co-host, Christopher Deary. Chris, how are you? Welcome in, Chris. What are you doing right now? What am I doing? I'm on a podcast
1: with you, Mike. I'm so excited to be here. It's been a couple weeks, but it's, uh, it's great to be back. And we've got a great guest
3: this week. That's right. We sure do. Uh, we are joined by al melchior he is the man who has a lot of experience in fantasy baseball it's a real pleasure this is one of the uh i'm not trying to make him feel uncomfortable or make you feel uncomfortable in any way al but we're really thrilled to have you uh come on our show and kind of lend your incredible street cred to this program
0: oh my wow <laughs> Setting the bar high well thank you guys for inviting me uh i i'm very excited uh to do this show with you guys so um just uh, you know, looking forward to get it going here. Absolutely. Uh, you
3: can follow us on all the standard social medias at Plausible Podcast, 2Ls, 2Zs, Plausible Podcast, or ProtonMail.com. If you want to send us an email, uh, we had a few people tweet at us during the week in anticipation of Al's arrival on the show. So we will get to that later in the show. We're going to talk about a host of things. We got Robinson Cano busted again, round two. We're going to talk about Some big, big changes in the game with GMs who are making incredible, incredible stories. Uh, Really excited to talk about that. And, of course, we're going to talk about some fantasy baseball. How does Al see the world? How does Al break down what's going to be happening in 2021 based off what we saw in 2020? And I'm going to ask Al uh, some silly this or that scenarios because we like to switch it up once in a while and just get goofy with it. That's what we do on the show. So, first off, uh, Al how, uh, how, how do you see yourself now? Because I used to look at you as like an analyst, but it kind of seems like you're a host now. Uh, not that you have to be pigeonholed by any role particular, but, uh, how do you view yourself in today's fantasy baseball market?
0: Yeah, I, no, I, I see, I see myself that way as well, actually. Yeah. I mean, when, you know, when I was at CBS, of course, um, you know, Adam Mazur was and, and still is there. And, um, he's, uh, a host extraordinaire, and um, you know, I, I, not to go too far off on a tangent here, but you know, I started there, and I think it was like my, my second day, and that they're like, you know, go do a podcast, and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, Adam walked me through that. So um, it's been a long road from you know learning how to be an analyst to being on on the other side. But when I left CBS um, a little over four years ago, I, I wanted to give it a whirl. So um I got an opportunity at FNTSY and now the athletic is uh gracious enough to uh to have let me host a couple of their podcasts. So um yeah you know, it's just something I wanted to give a try and and um you know bring a, a little bit of a different skill set to it. And so yeah, that's really where my, my focus has been.
3: Well, your focus is stellar. You host the fantasy baseball in 15, which is part of the uh athletic network of podcasts or the overall athletic profile. And you do that with uh, DVR, right? Is it just you and DVR? Is there other people on there that come and go? Or uh, what's the story there?
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah. This past season, well, which was the first season of Fantasy baseball 15, Michael Beller was also um, part of the show. So he and DVR switched off in that, I guess, uh, analyst role. Um, and they were both fantastic to work with. Um, yeah. I mean, in fact, when you're working with a couple of guys like that, it, it felt very appropriate for me to be, Asking more questions than answering, so um, they're just fantastic, uh, fantastic guys to work with.
3: Yeah, uh, DVR is the man. I mean, he's he's got a lot of cachet in this business, no doubt about it. But I, uh, I just want to say, I'm, a, you know, I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable, Al, but I have a lot of respect for you. You know, you you kind of brought me into this world without even realizing it. You've created something without even knowing it, because you know, CBS Sports Podcast, the CBS Today. With back in 2016, I really got into it, and uh, I, I got to like what you offered, and I thought you were uh, also a great balance of analysis and humor. So, kudos to you, Al. You're a good guy.
0: <laughs> well, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Uh, it's yeah, nobody nobody told me I you know I, I created uh, the show or, or you know anything. So so I, I appreciate uh, you know, appreciate the information.
1: I didn't know that Al brought you into this world, Mike. I'm so excited yeah. that uh, he birthed you. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: startling revelations here on the Hey, It's Rico Plazo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'll tell you this, though. Al uh, was someone who actually attended the University of Michigan, something I did not know about him. I learned recently when we were uh, chatting on the sphere. And uh, are you somebody who keeps up with Michigan? I mean, I don't want to talk about Michigan football because there's not a lot to talk in that realm. But are you uh, – Are you one of these Michigan fanatics of the athletic program or is it just kind of, it was a part of your life and you kind of moved on from there.
0: Somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the middle. Um, (laughs) I I still follow Michigan sports. I mean, I follow Michigan football as little as possible uh, right now for (laughs) for a variety of reasons. Um, But um, yeah, I'll just be honest. I mean, I, the more and more that I'm, I'm in this industry, the more every single year I get focused on baseball. So you know, when I started, I was a fan of, of lots of different sports, pro and college. And my as my focus has gotten narrower, yeah, I've devoted less and less time to following college sports. But when I do follow college sports, when I do follow college sports, I follow Michigan sports.
3: Hmm. Well, Jawan Howard's doing fun things with the basketball program, so that's kind of fun. We could focus on that. But, yeah, uh, there's some stubborn people running the Michigan football program, and we'll just leave it at that. But I got to tell you, L, I I mean, in this day and age right now, As we kind of focus this back into the fantasy realm, how are you, without getting into it, you know, an hour debriefing, how are you looking at 2021? But what you just saw right now in 2020 with the 60 game? I mean, I I listened to your podcast. I, I didn't hear you complain too much about this being a joke of a season as far as the 60 games and the 2020 kind of. Oh, it's a fiasco to me personally, but I mean, I tried to make the best of it, but as what we saw in sixty games and we look at twenty twenty one is there like one or two things that you kind of look at to say, hey here's what i'm trying to 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 look at because I want to break it down from a different angle as opposed to what other people are seeing
0: i don't think um and i it's still very much a work in progress for me um you know fortunately there's still some time and you know, I'll probably preface. I'll preface this, and probably preface a lot of these discussions in the weeks and months to come with, um, you know, who knows that this is going to be a quote unquote normal season again, when you look at what's what's happening right now with the spread of, of COVID nineteen. So, yep. um, I'm just kind of keeping that in the back of my mind, understanding that last year we all had to figure it out on on the fly, and and we may have to do that again in 2021, but. Um, assuming that it is closer to a a normal season. um, Yeah, I don't, there's no like special sauce or anything I'm, I'm, you know, planning on doing differently from anybody else that I'm aware of. It's just really, I've always, when, you know, whether it was when I was actually doing projections for CBS or just working on my own rankings um, I I really try to spend as much time as possible looking at individual players and, and doing deep dives and I think that's gonna be even more important this year when you're talking about 60 games. And just as an example, um, I, I don't know if we were gonna to get to talking about Cody Bellinger and his shoulder surgery, but you know, I was looking at him and you know, he's just been so inconsistent year to year and month to month within those years, um, that I think you really gotta do a granular analysis and try to figure out what's noise and what's not. So I just think that's, you know, with 60 games, there's going to be so much noise and there's going to be certain stats. I'm just not going to pay as much attention to like Babbitt, Babbitt, for example. Um You know, I just think there's going to be so much noise in those, those Babbitt rates that if somebody was unusual last year as compared to the rest of their track record, I'm probably going to ignore it.
3: Huh. Interesting. Yeah, Cody Bellinger with shades of uh, Kendrys Morales. Once upon a time, uh, who uh, was it? One of the Gramatica yep. brothers, the kickers, people who have injured themselves <laughs> in the throes Sorry. of passion. <laughs> uh, it's unfortunate. At least he won a World Series championship, though. So congratulations, Mr. Bellinger. I actually like Bellinger's value in the two early mocks. I was a part of the uh, you know TGFBI postseason two early mocks, and he was available at thirteen, and I was thrilled with that. I have no problem with that at all. And I think he's being, I mean, I got him and Yelich on a, on a turn you know, basically the turn 11 and 13. And I was thrilled with that. Those are two MVPs and I'm sticking with that.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's a part of the, uh, the track record, a big part of the track record for those guys. And I'll probably look at those MVP seasons with a, you know, a little more weight than certainly what they did last year. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think Bellinger's a little trickier because that MVP, key season was so front loaded with great production or two. But um, yeah, I think I still think that holds more weight than than last season.
3: Yeah, maybe I, you know, I panicked a little bit. Al could change my mind instantly. I'm a slave to trends. What can I tell you? People change my minds. I don't have a lot of things that I die on for a hill and I'm open minded. I think that's one of my best qualities. So as we get into some of this chatter here, let's get into leading off. Now, the top news for me in terms of what we're looking at in leading off is uh, Kim Ang is the new GM of the Miami Marlins, the first female executive general manager in the history of real the four major pro sports. Right. This is I don't think this could be emphasized enough. I, I don't know what I could have tweeted when I heard the news the other day. I don't know what, what could I have said to add to like what people were already saying. It's groundbreaking. It's blatantly obvious. What are your thoughts Al? <laughs>
0: That's pretty close to what I tweeted, so I didn't have anything particularly <laughs> original. But yeah, I mean, so my reaction was the same as many. Like, thank goodness, you know, finally, uh, you know, she's been mentioned as a candidate for so many jobs before, and it, it just seemed ridiculous that it took this long, but but better late than never. And, um, you know, I've, I've been a Marlins fan for a while, so I'm, I'm especially excited about that. Um, and yeah, I'm not sure, you know, what else, what else there is to say other than uh, you know on the one hand it's it's great exciting news and on the other hand it, it just highlights how much too long this took to happen
3: yeah chris i know uh that you got to get something in on this come on tell us what you oh, thought. Ad- absolutely i
1: mean it's 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 long overdue for her i mean she 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 busted into the business with the white Sox right after graduating high school and she's been doing this almost 30 years uh you know in 98 she was brought in by a cashman in the yankees became a you know, one of the youngest assistant general managers, you know, this is someone that, like, I wasn't even aware of her. And, you know, it's kind of startling that, you know, her name hasn't been mes- mentioned as much at least in my world. And I didn't really know much about her. And then I started kind of reading into, you know, her story after the Mar- Marlins hired her. And it's, uh it's really, really cool to see, uh, you know, I- I'm all about diversity and, you know, bringing women into the forefront. She certainly has the skills to, uh, you know, take care of this job. So kudos to the Marlins and uh, you know, it's, it's really forward thinking and uh, you know, I'm excited to see uh, how she does.
3: Beautiful, beautiful. I, I agree with everything that everybody just said. What else could I add to this big day? Big announcement. I'm really looking forward to see. Uh, I like the talent base, you know, Al, if that's your squad, like you say, there's some, uh, there's a lot of pitching there and there's a lot of talent on the hitting side that really hasn't had a chance to develop, which I would be excited about if I were you. So the Marlins have a bright future. But I wonder, too, as we look at the broader picture, GMs, a lot of GM action. Theo Epstein steps down. I don't think that's a surprise. Uh, Perry Benashian's the new Angels general manager. He was with the Braves the last couple of years. When general manager jobs come like this, where people are hired or they step down, do you think about it much from a fantasy perspective, Al? Or is it just like, okay... I know who that is. I have an idea of what their kind of concept or what their strategy would be for the front office. Otherwise, I don't really. It's not a big deal to me.
0: You know, I can't think of anything really actionable that I've done with with fantasy teams regarding that. I, and I, for the most part, it, yeah, it's just a wait and see thing. You know, like with the Cubs. You know, what are they going to do with with all these impending free agents? Um, it, whether it you know it's Jed Hoyer or, or um. You know, it was Theo Epstein. I mean, you know, (laughs) we used to have to wait and see what they do. And ownership obviously plays plays a big role in those decisions too. So uh, unless it's a situation like, you know, Andrew Friedman coming aboard with the Dodgers or something, um, you know, where you've seen that them have a big impact with another team. um, Yeah, I just kind of wait and see what happens.
2: Hmm. What
3: about his comments, though? I know this was after the fact. He said that there was – a big issue with the aesthetic value of the game and the entertainment because the analytics had pushed it so far into a three true outcomes kind of game today. And he actually seemed like he wants to be part of a solution to get more athleticism and action play by play into the game. What do you think of that?
0: Yeah, well, I, I saw at least one person mention in the Twitter sphere that, um, you know, he's making a play to be be commissioner sure that sure does uh, seem easy to interpret it that way. I feel like I'm in the, the minority or maybe it's just a a, a less vocal majority that um, the changes just don't bother me that much because whether, you know, you're seeing players strike out one in five times versus, you know, one in four or, you know, I guess if you get to one in three, that that would be a substantial difference. But to my eyes, um, and this is probably more of an indictment on me than, you know, on Theo <laughs> Epstein or anybody else. But it, it just doesn't it doesn't change my enjoyment of the game. It, ma- it makes it a little bit different. But I'm, I'm really not sure that if it wasn't talked about so much, it's anything I would really pay that much attention to as a as a watcher of baseball.
3: Mm, that's what I think, too. Yeah, I mean, sure. It sounds like a nice sound, but but I wouldn't put a lot of stock into it myself. And I would not put a lot of stock into the fools, Chris. I've heard some fools around here in the Detroit area saying, Theo Epstein's coming to Detroit. He's going to take over here. No way. (laughs) not happening. Yeah, I sent a text
1: out to a couple of my high school buddies, and I was like, oh, yeah, let's fire Avila now and get Epstein. And I mean, it was clearly joking. And they're like, oh, yeah, you think that will happen? (laughs) Dude, he's not coming here. Come on.
3: No. Yeah, that's Chris Illich would never allow that to happen because he wouldn't spend the money anyways. But, hey, this is not a Tigers podcast. This is a fantasy baseball podcast, and we are here with – the great, powerful Al Melchior, one of the top-notch men, women, or everyone in between in the world of fantasy baseball. I find him to be an admirable dude, and I also respect him. So let's ask him more questions. <laughs> Al, how about this? Uh, the award season came and went. I don't want to cover every award. Uh, Shane Bieber was a known bramer. Did you? Did I say a no bramer? I think uh, a <laughs> You get Shane Bieber. Great obvious choice Trevor Bauer won, though you Darvish got kind of screwed I thought a little bit um any thoughts on that and did anything bother you from award season at all or in that area particularly
0: it actually didn't I mean Bauer probably wouldn't have been my choice um you know I think between him Darvish and DeGrom um there wouldn't have been a a bad choice there it wasn't to me it wasn't a no-brainer or a nor-brainer um (laughs) (laughs) uh so but no I mean nothing that that I could really complain about. Um, I thought it was cool that Jose Abreu won MVP. Um, you know, I'm not sure where that, that performance came from. It just might be something I have to say, hmm, two really good months. Maybe yeah. he goes back to where he was, but imagine uh, if he
3: had 162 games, I wonder if it would have turned out the same way. I really don't, but Hey, can't prove it.
0: <laughs> nope. We'll never know. We'll never know, but no, no, no beef with uh, any of the calls there.
3: Okay, good. Yeah, I agree. What about playoff craziness? What about this? This happens with Randy Arena, and even Cora Seager. People are just jumping all over these guys in postseason mock drafts. And these two early mock drafts uh, for rotofanatic.com, we've done a couple. We did an October and a November mock draft. And oh, Arena skyrocketed. Uh, top 100, top 90, top 80. I'm just like, that is such a recency bias situation. <laughs> I love the Arena. Like, if he was going... Where he would have been if he had not had that postseason. If I could have got him at like 250 or later in these upcoming 21 drafts, that would have been fantastic. I love his profile for steals and power and doing a little bit of everything. I think there's multi-cat opportunity for him, but this is this is a little out of control right now, isn't it?
0: Only a little to me. Uh and and that's because oh. of, that's because of the outfield position. Uh I just think it's gotten really shallow and uh, where I've seen him go, and you know, you can maybe see if this jives with um, whatever ADPs that that you've got on hand there. But it seems like he's being treated somewhere between like a top fifteen and top twenty outfielder, and that's right around the range fifteen to twenty, where a lot of uncertainty creeps in. And yeah, uh, you know, I'm just not not that excited really uh, about like drafting the number two outfielder out of the that part of the pool. So why not? Why not see if, uh, you know, what he did in that little slice of this little slice of a season, uh, slice of a slice and then the postseason and, and, you know, see if that's that's real. And it just I'm reminded a little bit of Daniel Murphy when he exploded in mm-hmm. that one postseason and then he, just, he kept it going for a couple of years. So maybe, maybe, you know, maybe there's something real here.
3: Yeah, yeah, but I like to bring up Cody Ross, who didn't do that when he exploded <laughs> for the guy.
1: It's funny how we always
3: bring up Cody Ross, but like
1: the metrics of those guys, they're two completely different players. Um, yeah. but, you know, when I think of Ro- Rosarina, and maybe you can touch on this, Al, do you think based on what he did this year and coming into next year, is there going to be some pressure on him? And you know, is he going to feel pressure to perform the exact same way that he did in the postseason? Is he going to maybe try to? feel some of that pressure and and maybe try to step it up a notch and and you know repeat what he did in the in the in the playoffs which is going to be very difficult and you you know you need to be able to sustain over 162 seasons. Do you think he's a guy that you know the pressure is going to get to him or or he's going to live up to that hype again?
0: Uh I, you know there's just no way to know. I mean even with <laughs> players who've been around a long time, uh, i am really loathe to make assumptions about um you know their their uh, mental approach, or you know, ability to stay focused, or anything like that, um, and and we just haven't seen enough of a Rosarena, I think, to to really make that call. At least I'm I'm not. Um, So I, I think it's possible that I, I think it's it's. Let me rephrase what I'm about to say here. I mean, I I don't see how he wouldn't feel a lot of pressure, but it's possible mm-hmm. maybe he handles it fine. I yeah. I do not yeah. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just factoring in a lot of risk if I go after him as like, a, you know, the 20th outfielder off the board or a little earlier, even.
3: Yeah. Recently on uh, NFC drafts, NFC NFBC drafts, he's top 15 outfielder going around 54, 55 ADP. So uh, people are interested in Rez, Randy Ozerina at Arena at the rate that you're describing. So all of these outfielders are skyrocketing. Kyle Tucker, uh, obviously. Luis Robert skyrocketed too and what Ozuna, Marcelo Oduna did it in this short season being a a really outstanding bat for the Braves. So the outfielders come off the board quick, and I think that actually lends credence to what Al's saying. And that is Al Melchior, who is joining us right now. We're talking about offseason. We're talking about players that blew up in the postseason. And how do we judge them in the offseason in 2021? Another guy who's big is Corey Seager. People are loving Corey Seager. I don't think he's a top five shortstop now. I don't think it's fair to say that. I think Chris and I debated this a couple weeks ago, and Chris was getting more excited about him. I think Lindor versus Seeger is interesting. If Lindor doesn't steal steal any more bases, like he he kind of didn't in that third spot this year, what do you think of that? Al? What are you a Corey Seager fan, big time? Do you think Lindor is on the downswing?
0: I don't think Lindor is on the downswing, and in a, um, uh, I think it was in the Mason mock I did the two early mock. I got him on the um the turn the 15 16 turn. So and I, I felt good about that. I mean, I you know if I had to pick a little bit earlier I, I would have considered Lindor. So yeah, here's a case too where I just think that maybe um his ADP will be affected too much by recency, recency bias. I don't see a, a reason to view Lindor as substantially different. And Seager on the other hand, I mean, you can go with one to two narratives there at least, right? I mean, you you can say, ah, "Well, you know, 60 game season" he he that's not who he's been but on the other hand you can look at uh the fact that he's you know two years removed from tommy john surgery and maybe you know he was just ripe to to break out this year um mm. you know, or last year i'm not sure what we call it now i hate that every <laughs> year it's still this year it's this, time, this year. time of year this yeah I mean, it's it's nice. we it's the calendar fun. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so, and, you know, if it were outfield, I'd, I'd, you know, be more inclined to say, yeah, go with the ADP, you know, sir, sort of make the similar argument with the Rosarena that, uh, well, you know, it's a, it's a shallow position and why not take the chance? But shortstop's not a shallow position at all. And there's lots of great options, more proven options. Um, so I probably won't get any Corey Seager in my leagues this year.
3: Oh, what a sad story. This I know. episode <laughs> is getting so depressing.
2: Hey, calm down. <laughs>
3: No, uh, Corey Seager again, though you nailed it, Al Lindor, ADP sixteen point five eight. So right where you got him is where a lot of people seem to be waiting on him, which could be tremendous value. I'm just worried about the steals. I'm not worried about him otherwise. He's going to do what he does, but I'm worried. If, I'm just worried about the steals in Roto in particular. But we'll see. Maybe things will change next year. Who knows where he'll be? Let's not even try to speculate on where Lindor will go because we don't know that at this time and Corey Seager's ADP in the last two months has been at 26, so he skyrocketed a lot based on what happened in 2020 ADP.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just so hard to judge. I mean, how many steals would Lindor have in 162-game season? Maybe he gets those legs underneath him, and, you know, he's feeling, you know, full speed, you know, mid season ends up stealing 15 to 20, so <laughs> it's just so impossible to, to to figure out, you know,
3: based on the season we've had, and that's basically what we've been talking about for like five months now. That's funny. That made me think of, you said, how many steals would it take Lindor? I said, how many steals will it take Lindor? That's what I thought of. That's what popped okay. in my head. And now I'm thinking about Joan Baez. So. <laughs> now the show's off the rails, Al. Okay, Al, Cody Bellinger had the surgery. We talked about him a couple minutes ago. Dislocated I thought maybe right you are going
0: for a Javi Baez um, <laughs> segue there.
3: Oh, damn it. See? That's why we have you on the show, Al. you quick on your feet. Cody Bellinger, though, is not Javi Baez. And Cody Bellinger may wish he was Javi Baez. I don't know. We can't prove that either. We have no information, no quants on that. But Cody Bellinger had a, to repair his dislocated shoulder. Is this a devastating blow for his ADP? Because it's obviously somewhat of a concern. It's not something you just dismissed. But are you just going to do a wait and see? And you'll probably avoid Bellinger if you're doing mocks over the next month or two.
0: Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think in a way that the timing with, um, you know, the down season such, you know, such as it is, um, you know, works in our favor because I don't think first base is especially deep either. And I think if you can, you know, luck into Bellinger as now, maybe, gosh, this is, this is really good exercises. Like how, how late would I be willing to go or how early I yeah. should say? Um, cause yeah, that's a big risk to take like in the third round, but, it sort of depends. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in tiers drafting. So if short stops emptying out at that point, um, or pitching, maybe, maybe third round, I would, you know, wait and see exactly how long he's out. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I, 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 I have to see, but I, th- I think the, the, probably the best, well, I shouldn't even say, to be honest. Um, Say of, I'm talking I'm talking myself out of third round already. <laughs>
3: you are? Yeah. Wow. Poor Cordy. I hope he gets better. And I'd like to see him bounce back. I do like watching him play. I think he brings a lot of action and fun to the game, just like Theo <laughs> Epstein's talking about. We're going to get that aesthetic into the game that we're looking for. How about this, though? Is Gary Sanchez toast? Because I don't <laughs> like this. I think the Gary Sanchez talk is... It's just too harsh. This guy still has a killer bat. He can win you a title in certain leagues just from like a few weeks. This guy could go on a tear, and he doesn't – catchers don't have that. There's a lot of catchers that they just can't do what Gary Sanchez does. Now, I know the whiff rate is out of this world. and It was even more ridiculous this year in terms of what his outcomes were, but what's your take on Gary at this point? Is he somebody that you're like, yeah, you know, Gary Sanchez is who he is, so I'll know what to expect from him or is he still a top three catcher?
0: No, nah, he's not a top three catcher anymore, but, uh, I don't think you're going to have to reach for him as one. So, he's or even close catch. to it. So, uh, yeah, catcher's just such a mess after the, you know, the top, uh, just the top few. So, um, where, you know, I, I would, I would say he, you know, I'd still take him as a number one catcher, but, uh, you know, number one, uh, you know, in a two catcher league is what I'm saying yeah. here. But, uh, um, yeah, he's kind of just falling back to the pack. I don't think he's toast. I don't think he's a top three catcher. And there's obviously lots of room in between there.
3: Yeah. Chris's wife is a Yankees fan. What does, what does she say? Have you guys uh, talked about Gary Sanchez?
1: Yes. She wants him traded.
3: Oh, <laughs> she's like, he's
1: toast. I think she's the one that talked me into him being toast. <laughs> Well, talk about beating a guy while he's down. That's not a
3: very good Yankees fan. Come on, Christina. <laughs> oh, come on. You know how
1: she works when it comes to once the Yankees start falling apart. She's done with them. Okay, fine.
3: But By the way, uh, Al, not to put you on the spot, but that's what we do on this show. Uh, top three catchers, then? Uh, who would be your top three, roughly? I mean, obviously, JT Real Mutu, regardless of where he goes, he's number one.
0: Yeah, the, for sure. For sure. Contreras? No, I, I don't think he's top three for me. I think I've got Will Smith up there. Ooh. Ooh I like it.
3: Hmm. Any particular reason?
0: Uh I just the, the potential that he's shown. Um I think power just a, a notch above most of the catching pool and and uh more more batting average upside, which again is, hmm. is a low bar at the catcher position. But um I mean you you know you consider that you know Sal Perez might be in that mix and you can't, I don't think you can really look to Perez for a batting average. Um, <laughs> I'm not or taking
2: walks. I mean, it's
0: it's it's almost like process of elimination, like who's you know,
3: yeah. <laughs> uh, the, Travis Darnell, though, really he's been good yeah. for like two years now. You know, he's when he's healthy, he, he swings a good bat, and I don't know if he's going to resign. I think it was a one year deal with the Braves, I assume, and uh, I, I, it'd be nice if he could slide back into that lineup. I like him borderline top five, but hey, that's crazy talk. One of the guys I'm curious about since we're going down this catcher hole that I've had a lot of conversations with people about is Austin Nola. Now, he really had a fun little 60 game season for both Seattle and San Diego. What do you, uh, what do you think Austin Nola? Did this season surprise you or is this something that you were like, oh, I knew this guy was about ready to do something like this?
0: No, I wish I could say that. <laughs> uh i mean it wasn't a, a a total shock um but no i but um no i i did not see that level of production coming from austin nola and i still don't know you know what to look for look for next year uh from him yeah. but you know again you look at him and and Darneau, uh and you look at the pool and and if you look at the lower end of number one catchers you think well why why not uh See if they can do this for, for a full season.
3: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Boy, I, I actually would just like to keep talking about catchers, but we're not going to do that. We have other things we want to talk about on this show. This is the hey, it's Rico Plazo, Fantasy Baseball Podcast. You are listening to myself, Michael Govier, Christopher Deary, and Al Melchior is joining us, the one and only, a cool dude. Easy going. He's got good facial hair, too, so he's got that going for himself. That's a bonus. Mike Clevenger signs a two-year deal. With the Padres, and then he has TJ surgery. This is one of the more bizarre stories in recent memory for me. You know, hey, here's a new deal now, do TJ. This is the world we live in now in 2020. <laughs> it's just, it's funny because I had accidentally taken him in a mock like three weeks before that. I didn't want to take Clevenger. I, I don't actually like Clevenger, but he went so low, he was like 67 or 70 overall. I'm like, well, it's worth a shot, but now that that would have been out the window with the uh, TJ surgery. What do you think of this whole mess with Clevenger? And were you a big Clevenger guy prior to this, like even coming into 2020? I, th-
0: I think I liked him less than probably most people did coming in into this year. And you know, obviously now, uh, you know, it's it's really just keeper considerations for for Clevenger. Mm-hmm. Um, but as is, in fact, in you know thinking about him for this show, I went to my Ottenue League. Um, which is I, yeah, I think it's the only keeper I no, I take that back. I'm in two keeper leagues that are um that are value based, so you know you keep them and, and they they take a part of a salary cap. so I should check, should check my other league too, which is a points league. but um he was nineteen dollars, which I thought was pretty pretty reasonable because I'm thinking, okay, what how how expensive would he have to be for me not to keep him And I think if you got up like around the thirty dollar. Level that's where i'd probably start to think about it but uh, obviously lots of questions now about how he comes back from that and how much of an outlier was 2019 for him uh the, the k rate you know stands nothing wrong with this k rates in other seasons including this one but that was really an outlier so um i i have more doubts about mike clevenger for 2021 um or no i'm sorry what years? is this? so 2022 now <laughs> uh when, <laughs> when he comes he back, back yeah uh you know then um you know. i certainly did coming into into 2020
3: well he hasn't been able to stay as healthy as he did in 2018 that's for darn sure And the last two years and now this uh, he's been so darn injury prone knees elbows shoulders weird back injuries whatever he's covered a lot of those and i am really sad And I want you to know that, Al, because I really liked Mike Clevenger. I really thought that I just, the slider's so nasty. It's such a great pitch. I saw him throw a shutout. Chris, you were there. Remember we saw him throw that shutout in uh, Camden Yards in 2018? And it was like a 90-minute shutout. It was amazing. I know the Baltimore Orioles in 2018 were (laughs) god-awful. I know. Yeah, that that was
1: a quick game. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Clevenger, I'm I'm not terribly surprised that this happened to him because he has such a herky-jerky delivery, like – he seriously looks like an eighth grader who just figured out how to pitch and he has good stuff, but he hasn't like figured out what to do with his arms and his shoulders and his head and his legs. Uh, obviously San Diego's playing the long game. They know that they're going to be competitive over here in the next five years with, uh, you know, the base of talent that they've brought around. So, I mean, you know, hopefully he can come back for the pods and, you know, 2022, he can be successful for them. <laughs>
3: I'm stumbling here on purpose because Drew Smiley gets a one-year, eleven million-dollar deal.
0: How the hell does this happen, Al? Am I crazy? Is <laughs> this the market pitching. we're in? He's still pitching. Yeah. Um. I think you know, I think it is the market we're in. Um. And you know, I mean, Smiley did did show us something in 2020. You know, and I think it was less than 30 innings. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs>
3: Come on, we're Tigers fans here. We want we wanted Drew Smiley to succeed, and he did not succeed here. I don't not saying he can't now, it's just he does these moments, he has these short sample sizes where he shows tremendous value, but he never is able to give
0: you like even a hundred innings pitched of legitimate ball. I I just don't see it, but well, he's he's got the good park, you know, again, or no, I'm sorry, he doesn't. Uh, I was thinking about Gosman, so uh, he has a less good park, but it's not a bad park, (laughs) not a bad park. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, he's got these moments, these stretches, uh, real strikeout potential and, uh, you know, should get some run support. I I think probably my biggest concerns with smiley are more about staying healthy and, um, durability, you know, and is, is he going to be able, and again, you know, going into a season where are we going to see six man rotations? Are we going to see a lot of pitchers being pulled after two times through the order? You know, are we going to see mixing and matching of, of pitcher roles and somebody like smiley might not be reliable for innings. So it's more those kinds of questions than, you know, is he going to have a, a K rate in double digits? He probably will, but yeah, um, there
3: it is, Al, there it is. Al, you just hit on it. Let's just dive into it right there. What is it going to be like in 2021 for pitching? Cause I have been tooting my horn on this for weeks. Now you got to innings limit already due to a short season built in. And there was no minor leagues. I don't care if, I mean, I know there was you know, play lands for minor leaguers around certain areas that they could hang out in, but that's a huge loss for developing pitchers and even pitchers trying to maintain their status as 180 innings a year pitchers. How can we have any confidence? And maybe we can't. Maybe this is a dumb question. Maybe there is no confidence. But I see it as there could be another short season because they would have to do it in a sense because the injury risk could be too great to play 100. In 62 games, or even 130 if it comes to that, you know what I mean?
0: I know what you mean, yeah. Um, I, I think I'm going in being really skeptical about starting pitchers, um, you know, other than the top, you know, maybe 2025, really being able to, you know, deliver innings, much less anything else, um, consistent innings, and um, that's going to make it crazy again. And yeah, I was reading a few things, um, I think there's the Royals were one organization, I think the Blue Jays were another, talking about how they managed pitchers in 2020 and saying, yeah, you know, we made sure that they got enough innings in these less than totally competitive environments. They've got it figured out. And I don't know, they obviously know better than I do, but I I do remain skeptical that, um, you know, they're going to be able to rely on that to, um, to keep, uh, you know, keep their starters going um, at a rate that we've, we've become become accustomed to in terms of innings and, and pitch count.
3: Yeah, I think everybody better slow their roll, be patient, be very cautious. Even when you're developing your off-season plans for your leagues and how they're going to look in 2021, don't make any drastic measures in November, December, even January. I think everybody should just kind of wait and see where we're at by February, where we'll hopefully have more information. Because I'm with you, Al. That when you said at the top of the spot that, yeah, there could be a shortened season and we need to be prepared for that. And I, don't, uh, Chris... Is kind of in the middle, right, Chris? You've been like, well, it could happen, but we don't know yet.
1: Well, yeah, it's so odd. I mean, I kind of figured after this season ended and the Dodgers won the World Series, I'm like, all right, I can't wait till, you know, spring training and the winter (laughs) meetings. We're going to have minor league baseball back. And then, like, you brought it up a couple of weeks ago last time we were on the pod, Mike, and. Just like, yeah, I don't know if we're going to have full season. I don't know if minor leagues are going to come back. You know, the Cup of Cubby Blue Girls were on a couple weeks ago, and they are kind of same saying the same thing. And I had to look at myself in the mirror and be like, where am I at here? Am I uh, really thinking that all this is going to end and we're going to be back to normal baseball come February, March? And uh I don't know. So I'm kind of in the middle right now. I'm hoping for the best, obviously, but uh we'll see. I mean, it certainly is going to affect a lot with fantasy leagues, I mean, several leagues that I played in this year, we kind of changed some of the, the categories and how we ran some of the, the scheduling. So uh, certainly don't rush ahead and, and think that everything is going to come back normal as you're setting up your fantasy leagues for 2021 and, and kind of do the wait and see.
3: Yeah, that's true. It's Al, are you one of those people that says, hey, I just want to be positive only. Only positive news. I don't want to hear any downer nag crap.
0: No, I, I felt like I was kind of a downer, uh, like you said. You didn't hear me be a downer <laughs> on Fancy Baseball at Fifteen. I think once the season started, I tried to take the attitude of, okay, this is going to be a wild ride. Let's let's try to have fun with this. But the four months that preceded it were just so disheartening that there <laughs> were. I know there were shows where I, you know Dvr and I, in particular, and Bell too. You know, we kind of just ranted a lot <laughs> about. <laughs> How uh, you know Manfred was really just bundling this and and you know not being a good steward of the game and um and it was it was it was hard there for a while to really be into it to just be perfectly frank about it.
3: Mm. That's so funny. That reminded me of the one episode we did, Deary, back in like June, I mean, late May, and we just we just came on. We had no opening. We're just we were just pissed. It was our venting episode. And you're right. So we kind of did what you did there, Al. And I understand that completely because. stewardship of the game is pretty chaotic right now but hey let's forget about all that come on let's have fun this is a fun podcast let's have some good times how about this let's do inside palazzo studio that's right it's time for a bunch of stupid ridiculous and just plain old absurd this or that's that we throw at our guests just to get to know them a little bit better beyond the pale of baseball because there is a world beyond fantasy baseball and the game itself what do you say al
0: i say let's go Okay, let
3: me start with the uh, boy. I've got so many I've been doing now over the last few months. Uh, Van Halen or Van Hagar? <laughs> oh, <laughs>
0: Van Halen, not Ooh. a contest. Not a, yeah, contest. not a contest. Who's going with Van Hagar? Come on, Mike. I I can't name names not because I'm protecting people. I just don't remember. But I know there are <laughs> there are Van Hagar defenders. But mm-hmm. I can't really name a single Van Hagar song that I think is that good. Okay,
3: fair enough. Uh, Willie Mays or Ken Griffey Jr. Ooh. Oh, now that's a
0: tough one. Um, yeah. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Think back. You uh, I mean, used to watch Willie Mays back in the day. Yeah, I mean, I could barely remember Willie Mays, um, <laughs> it, you know, at uh, all, I think. In fact, I don't even remember him really even as like a Met. So um, I, I want to say Willie Mays, but I think that's, again, because I remember him more as a celebrated retired player than than watching him and and just the legend you know being uh being out there for so many years and and i don't know I, I, for me i think when you actually watch a player play at least for me it, it, there's less mystique mm. so it's it's a real it's it's such a hard call but you know and i'm, I'm sort of debunking my own rationale here <laughs> it's not very good but i but my gut my gut says <laughs> maze.
3: Well, there it is folks we did it we got an answer out of them all right cool uh khakis or jeans jeans yeah jeans that's what i figured uh what about walking or running
0: <laughs> i definitely enjoy walking much more
3: <laughs> you
0: sprint to
1: your Do you sprint into your job <laughs>
3: or, or do you walk yeah l's a go-getter I mean, he's sprinting everywhere <laughs> uh all right. What about this? Uh, oh, this is one. With, I like this one. Uh, Seinfeld or The Office?
0: It's a little unfair because I've seen probably every Seinfeld episode and a lot of them multiple times, and I haven't seen all, all the episodes of The Office. So, um, But I would say based on, on what I have watched, uh, Seinfeld, I mean, it just other than maybe the last season or two, it just it, it always came through.
3: Yeah, I'll tell you this As the guy who asked the question I've actually never seen The Office So I'm, I would I, I'm just that kind of guy
0: <laughs> I'm that kind of guy What can
3: I say? Uh, Ice tea or lemonade?
0: Mm, i say lemonade mm, It's like, disgusting I, like, I can't believe I like you said the, that Like the sweet beverages Oh,
3: dear lord Okay. Oh, you're man. an iced tea guy, aren't you,
0: Mike?
3: I love iced tea, yes uh, uh, No, course. not sweet, though I was going to say
2: not
0: sweet tea, no
3: no, 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 no. That would be your territory. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, knees or elbows? <laughs> okay.
0: um, That's tough. Oh, boy, boy. That is tough.
3: I like both. I really do.
0: I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to think, you know, if I, I couldn't use one or the other. I mean, which would be worse? And it's, I, I guess I will go with knees.
1: Oh!
0: You know, Hope it helps me get around
1: Helps you a Okay. Okay. Yeah. All
0: right. Interesting. Not run though. <laughs> uh chicken or waffles? Chicken, definitely. Ooh. If it's chicken and waffles, that that definitely makes the waffles better, but as a as a solo, solo item, definitely chicken.
3: Yeah, well that makes me want to ask a follow up about breakfast foods, but we'll stay. Well, stay away from that. Speaking of that, uh, staycation or vacation? Now, maybe this one actually is dated. As soon as I just yeah. said it, I realized we're in a <laughs> pandemic. So definitely
0: vacation. staycation right now. Um, and, you know, in in other times, uh, it's, a, it's a tough one. Stay, staycation has their staycations have their uh, have their merits. But uh, I think, yeah, in, in the proverbial vacuum, uh, I, I'd i take the vacation. <laughs> yes. OK. All
3: right. What about the uh, stocks
0: or crypto? uh i'm not at all i am not into crypto and i don't know i don't really know much about about it so i'll say stocks
3: yeah either way i just like ask these questions or these proposing these scenarios uh comedies or documentaries
0: definitely comedies i think that's that's my favorite genre of like anything is is comedies but documentaries might be might be second
3: Wow, see, look at that. So close. That's fascinating. It's very, fa- uh, Sixto Sanchez or Sandy Alcantara? Oh, man.
0: I suppose Sixto, um, I mean, like, well, let me, is this, um, you know, long-term or are we talking <laughs> 2021?
3: I wish I could give you more information, but that's it.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll qualify it myself. Uh, Alcantara for 2021, Sixto for, uh, for dynasty purposes.
3: Who's
1: the better Little
3: League player? Yeah, we need information on their Little League profile. I don't know if we have that available or not. All right, let's do a couple more. We'll move on to this. Uh, what do we got here? How about it's this? Uh, <laughs> it is. It's key. Uh, hitting or pitching?
0: Jeez. I, I guess if you don't have pitching, you, you know, you really, there's no game. Um, That's true. It starts it off. You know, I mean, if you don't have hitting, there's really not a game either. But you got to start with the pitching. Okay. All right. <laughs> like, you know, catchers are important, too, because then, you know, otherwise the ball just goes to the backstop.
3: That is true. <laughs> That's a great point, man. See, you really bring some analysis. Dynamite drop in there. Um, What else? Would uh, A sharp pain or a slow, dull pain over many Slow, uh, many hours?
0: dull pain for sure. Because oh, okay. I can sleep, I can sleep through that. That's a that was the quickest answer
3: we had, by the way. Very interesting. I think uh, yeah, I've had opportunities to consider that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we, I think we sure have. You've been around for a minute or two. Uh, Dodge ball or
0: volleyball? Volleyball. Wow. Just find it more enjoyable
3: so fascinating we are really learning a lot here on the blazo podcast inside the blazo studio a tribute to james lipton a man who passed away recently and we miss you i don't actually it might have been like a year ago it was fairly it was in modern times uh how about
0: you two or Coldplay? <laughs> you two you two I, I am more familiar with the U two catalog but um yeah they're just yeah such a unique sound
3: chris saw them live uh it was amazing wasn't it chris was that U two yeah
1: yeah I, i've actually seen both bands live
3: you saw Coldplay live? Oh, I, I saw Coldplay with my,
1: my, my uh my brother Jeff. He loves them. It's like his favorite band ever. Saw them uh, I don't know, maybe 15, 16 years ago. It was a oh. good show. It was a good show.
0: I Before saw they... you... oh, oh go ahead. No, it's just to say I have not seen Coldplay. I saw you U2... two, I've seen you two a bunch of times. Um I saw them the first time on the war tour um in Passaic, New Jersey, and wow. it was it was one of the best shows I've ever seen.
3: In the 80s? I really too. Holy cow, that is pretty cool, I must say. I am very, very impressed with that. Uh, Matt Olson or Pete Alonzo?
0: Ooh, gosh. And for fancy purposes, I assume? Yes. Ah, uh, sure. Uh, okay, for fancy, I'll say Alonzo. In real life, probably Olsen because of the defense. Oh, uh, 20s or 30s? Uh, temperatures, decades.
3: Your 20s or your <laughs> 30s? Oh, <laughs>
0: Uh, oh, gosh. I'm going to say 20s. Wow. wow hey, I guys, think he's the first was in one in Ann Arbor that. for part of that.
3: Yeah, I think he was the first person to say that. Uh, a lot of people go to 30s. Okay. And he was in Ann Arbor for his 20s. So that's fun. Uh, Hey, do you ever spin the cube? How about that? Isn't that cool? You ever see that cube spin it? Okay, let's move on. Uh, (laughs) Dogs or cats? That's a a standard one we have to ask.
0: Uh, Well, fortunately, I'm in the spare office here. The door is closed, so neither the dog nor the cats can hear the answer. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, Okay, I can't weasel out of this. I'll say dogs.
3: Yes. I commend you for answering every single one of these. I am so impressed. Uh, two more: whiskey or craft beer?
0: Craft beer for sure.
3: Okay, and then of course, as we always finish with, love or money? Love. Wow, it's amazing what people say, and then what our world is based on. It's fascinating. Everybody says love, but somehow money seems to dominate our culture. I'm not blaming you for that, Al. I'm just saying I
0: think that's a it's a heavy heavy burden. <laughs>
3: It is. We get real deep here on the Blasel Podcast, and we're not talking about fantasy analysis. We're talking about our lives here, damn it. No. Look, this is a little fun we have every week, so thank you, Al, for doing that. Uh, I just I could do that for like two hours. I don't know why. I find it so darn interesting. I used to think it was the lamest thing ever because my girlfriend would be like, hey, let's do this or that. And I'm like, that's lame. But when you come up with fun ones, it really does become quite enjoyable. Having said that, let's talk a little fantasy analysis, Then we're out of here. We'll move on. You could be, you can go back to your life, Al, free and clear. <laughs> uh, all right. So I wanted to look at some mock drafts that I had participated in and give you your thoughts on the positioning and kind of what you think of the ADP. Uh, I also want to look at, you know, we kind of talked about already the starting pitching innings pitched limits that could impact 2021. Uh, I don't think you mentioned the minors part. I want to ask you a quick though. What about like the no? minor leagues happening in 2020 not just for pitchers just for all player development we're talking dynasty leagues and people love prospects more than ever now so as you have any thoughts on that
0: um not coherent ones um i, I think I, I to me it's just it's a black box and since i don't know what's in it i'm gonna ignore it um you <laughs> know to my own my own peril because obviously it seems obvious it's gonna have some sort of impact but is it gonna be across the board is it gonna you know have differential impact on different players. How so? I don't know. So um, <laughs> I'm just going to have to have to, uh, you know, learn on that as, as the 2021 season goes by um And I will say, I mean, I was surprised in 2020 because so many rookies were called up and I mean, you had pitchers in particular getting called up who had never pitched above a ball, which I just thought mm-hmm. was really surprising and kind of crazy. And uh, some of those pitchers did okay. So, or certainly better than I would have expected. So yeah, I'm just filing this under things I don't understand and we'll try to figure out, um, as, as, uh, things happen.
1: Yeah. I, I wonder if we see the same thing next year, uh, especially if there isn't, you know, a, a spring training or if there yeah. is no minor leagues, if they're like, Hey, we need to get these guys some work and, uh, what better not to do it than in the major leagues? So, yeah, like, like Al, I was pretty surprised about some of the success, especially that some of these pitchers had. So we'll see we'll see what they do in 2021.
3: Yeah, Tristan McKenzie was a great example of that. I mean, he'd been yeah. out of the game for a while, and he had some – I mean, he really helped me out that one night against the Tigers. Thanks, Tristan. I remember it. That was right around our birthday, Chris. Remember that? Oh, yeah, he helped me out too. Yeah, I think that was on our birthday, wasn't win. it? Yeah, it was our birthday. We share the same birthday, Al, by the way, me and Chris. So it's weird. Uh,
0: happy birthday uh, to both of you guys whenever it happens.
3: Hey, August 22nd, every year. That's right. Thank you very much. So we both turned 40 this past year. We're past our prime. We're put out to pasture, but we're still doing this podcast. Luke Voigt is a guy that, boy, he just dominated with the long ball. And in this mock draft I'm looking at, he went number 68 overall. Top 70 pick, Luke Voigt. You buy into that, or would you prefer to dig deeper down the line for first base?
0: No, I buy into that because, um, as I think I I said a little bit earlier, I don't find first base to be really all that deep. And I have a feeling that wherever Voigt is going, um, probably there's a big drop-off afterwards. So that sounds totally appropriate to me.
3: Hmm. Okay. Well, that pick was made by Roto Nino himself on Twitter, Mr. George Montanez. So, hey, congratulations, George. Al approves. Okay. Well, let's take a look around the rest of this craziness. We talked about Javi Baez. Now the, not, not having the ability to watch film in the dugout or down there in the tunnel, down there in the, in the uh, fun zone where the players hang out. I don't think anyone, I don't I've never called it that. I don't know why I just said that, but anyways, Javi <laughs> Baez couldn't watch film. After his at-bats, in-game. No in-game film. Same problem for J.D. Martinez, right? They both were the two biggest complainers of note from this past season. Javi Baez went number 98 overall in this mock draft. A top 100 pick still, but this is after many, many shortstops had gone off the board. What do you think of that? Are you willing to wait for Javi Baez? Or would you rather jump on a shortstop in the top 10? Not top ten overall, but one of the top ten shorts. Right.
0: Top. Uh I'm willing to wait. Yeah, I'm willing to wait. I you know, I don't know if the video thing really was uh, you know, the the reason for but it's just inexplicable inexplicable as to why his production dropped off so much. But he's just frankly, I think too early in his career for this to be the the slippery slope. Um so that seems like Really good value. Um, yeah, I mean, shortstop's super deep, and if he's still there beyond uh, you know the top 10 or 12, I, I'd be happy to uh, have him as my fancy shortstop. Shortstop.
3: Wow, okay, two for two. How about that? Congratulations, Heath Caps. Another approval from Al. That's fun. What about the top starting pitchers overall? Now, there's a little bit of a debate with the top three. Is it a debate for you between DeGrom, Cole, and Bieber, or is it a no-brainer for you?
0: Yeah, no, the top three, I mean... I guess you can argue about the order, but I mean, to me, there's, you know, we've in past years, we've had a big four, big five uh, to me that, yeah, they're the big three this year. And Bieber to me is pretty clear. Well, I shouldn't say clearly, I think it's pretty close between him and Cole, but I, I, for now I've got him third behind Cole uh, and Cole behind DeGrom.
1: There L, where do you slot Bauer into that mix? I mean, obviously, he's a free agent. We don't know where he's going to go to. But depending on where he goes, where do you kind of have him in there? Top five? Top ten?
0: Top ten. Top ten, yeah. Um, I, I, I don't want to hear from Rachel Lebo about this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw that video. Oh, he did uh,
3: by the athletic right did the uh, yes. they did a cameo.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. DVR had a, actually the video. I think she said he had him ninth, um, but I think he's actually got him eighth. And that that's that looks about right to me. I'd say probably, yeah, probably right around eighth, give or take. You know, maybe some eighth or ninth somewhere around there seems perfectly um, reasonable and 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 I think takes into account both last season and the longer track record, which has obviously been really up and down. Uh, both in terms of the overall result and when you break it down in terms of peripherals. So, um, you know, I, I feel like anything higher than seventh or eighth is waiting the two months of 2020 too much (laughs) and anything outside the top 10 is not putting that into enough of an account. Ooh, that's great breakdown. Well done,
3: Al. I'll tell you this, in this mock, again, this was a Roto Fanatics November mock that we did a couple of weeks ago or just finished last week, uh, Bauer was the fourth pitcher off the board at number 14 overall. so Or 15, sorry, but he was the fourth pitcher off the board. And I would rather have Walker Bueller. I,
0: absolutely I, would. I would too. I would have rather Bueller. I think I'd probably rather have Darvish.
3: Ooh. Okay. Well, Darvish went right after Giolito. Darvish goes at 23 overall. Giolito goes 22. So there was back-to-back Chicago pitchers taken next to each other. But I would – I would agree with you. Would you rather have Darvis than Giolito? I assume since
0: you said that. I would. It's close. It's close, but
3: yeah. Hairs.
0: Yeah, exactly.
3: Uh, what about Clayton Kershaw? You know, he continues to produce. He's aging every year, like all three of us are, as we progress to death, but he's still pretty relevant as a starting pitcher. He went 25th overall. The next two picks, or excuse me, the next three picks were Luis Castillo, Aaron Nola, Jack Flaherty. Would you rather have any of those three over Clayton Kershaw?
0: If I if there were one, it would be Flaherty. Um, and I had Flaherty over Kershaw going into 2020. I don't see a reason to change that. So oh. yeah.
3: You don't I you don't love Castillo. I love Castillo. I love his changeup. I think he's on the brink. I think his suppression in a park where there is a lot of fly balls hit, he's able to minimize the home runs. I know it was a short sample last year. I really think he's on the brink of something special, but that's just me. So what do I know?
0: I'm just. No, I don't think there's much separation between him and and Kershaw and um, and Flaherty. Uh, really? So, I yeah, I I would have uh, Castillo behind those two, but again, splitting hairs. I
1: really would have liked to see what Jack Flaherty would have done if he was able to pitch more than just forty innings. I mean, with an ERA yeah. of four nine one, there's no way that's real. Um, certainly, the talent is there, and in nineteen, he was really, really good. So, I think a bounce back next year. So, I, I like Al. You know, talking to,
3: maybe the one guy he would take above Kershaw would be Flaherty. I might be on board with that too. You guys are crazy, man. Let's okay. No, you're not crazy. I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> but I want to say this: that guy, Jack Flaherty, his whole situation is a red flag to me for this coming season because like you said he didn't get the chance to pitch much Remember when he came back he got he pitched like two innings three innings it was really really limited they were mm-hmm. really kid gloving him and i'm just imagining what that's like in 2021 for guys of his ilk you know young arms with a lot of potential that they don't the franchises don't want them to get burned so that's just something that kind of creeps in my mind and something to be freaked
0: out about i think <laughs> And not a a worry that you would have about Clayton Kershaw. So eh, it got me thinking a little bit. Yeah, actually, you're right. Wow, that wasn't even my point, but now
3: I see what you're saying. So, hey, we worked together on that one. That's what we did. Everybody wins. Uh, All right, uh, a couple more, and then uh, we're going to get the hell out of here and call it a day. I'll tell you this right now. Hazel Cisardo. Hazel Cisardo has been hanging around in the same spot of all three mock drafts I've done. I got him every single time because I waited on starting pitching. I was... Every one of the mocks I did, I just waited on SP. And he was there anywhere from 70 to 100. And I like that. What is your opinion of Jesus Lazardo in this mock draft going 86 overall When Just for a little uh, comparison sakes. The next starting pitcher that went off the board was Dylan Bundy at
0: 90. Oh, man. I mean, it's the right neighborhood. The fact that that's my reaction. Like, who who do you take? And I uh, I think I and again, Bundy taking a huge step forward, but I don't want to completely discount how I saw them relative to each other a year ago. So, yeah, I think I still have Lizardo a little bit ahead of Bundy. And and just even without reference to Bundy, that strikes me as um, a a great place to get Lizardo. So I feel like I'm being boringly consistent here. I agree with all these, but (laughs) but I do agree with this one, too.
3: You got to be who you are, Al. Be who we are in this business. Just take my advice, okay? I've been around. Trust me. Uh, that's supposed to be funny because Al has much more experience than I do. Okay. Uh, Chris Paddock was also a pitcher who went a few picks later at ninety six. Uh, any panic?
0: Is there panic on Paddock for you? A little bit. Yeah. Uh, ninety six to me doesn't constitute, you know, out, an outrageous um, cost. Uh, you know, uh, outrageously high pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh yeah so it seems like from what i've seen that that um you know people in fantasy are are responding appropriately to to what we saw this past season and um and I've, i i feel like i can't talk about chris Paddock without bringing this up but i do feel like it's really relevant uh, which is just that you know the lack of a of a really reliable third pitch um that you know, a lot of other pitchers get hammered for that, but it seems like at least coming into 2020 paddock was given a little bit of a free pass based on, on the results he had. And so um, I, I have worries. Panic might be too strong. I think that that ADP is, is reasonable because they're, they're, still upside there.
3: Hmm. Now look at this. Corey Seager getting a lot of love, had a great playoff run. Now, this guy didn't make the World Series, but he had a great playoff, and he's also a pedigree-type guy. Carlos Correa, he had a great playoff run with Houston. He wasn't not good at all, really, especially in the power department during this brief regular season. But he went at 113 overall, and I, I feel like that's that's basically where he was last year because he was going anywhere between like 100 to 120. Roughly, this ADP is not that far off from where he was coming into 2020. Any beef with that, uh, would you Rather have him higher later, or is this pretty much where Correa should be 113-ish?
0: No, that sounds about right. Um, Last year, I thought he was going way too late. But, um, you know, with with the shortstop just seeming to get deeper every year, I'm more comfortable with that. So I I think I'd have a hard time actually going much earlier, especially since I, I probably wouldn't have to. (laughs)
3: that's true you would not have to and and finally how about this josh bell josh bell confuses people but sometimes he gets his act together other times he swings at everything and it's just a nightmare but he went at 134 overall in round 12 and like you said first base is uh, it's not great it's not great but he was going around 85 adp last year give or take so this is a big drop do you agree with the drop are you cool with it Do you think it's a mistake what's the bottom line here
0: I'm cool with the drop and maybe even would be okay with him going a little later. Um, Cause again, it's, you know, we're, we're basing the assessment of upside on a, a portion of a season two years ago, or well, I guess one year ago. Um, so man, I can't wait for new year's day so I can keep my year straight. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think that's uh, appropriate. Uh, if not, maybe even a little optimistic. Okay.
3: Well, there you have it. Boy, we, again, we could do that forever, but, uh, we got to end this show. I want to get the quick comments in from the, our fellow listeners or fellow, actually, most of them are just podcasters, but it, when, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Anyways, uh, Doug Ishikawa says, Al, what would you say has been the most useful thing you've learned as a host?
0: I would say just, um, Learning, learning the importance of listening, which seems mm. you know, painfully obvious as a host. That's kind of your job, but it's it's something. It's not I to like... everybody. It's not to yeah. everybody. else. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> uh so I mean, it gets impressed up, upon me. I mean, I've I've been really lucky, especially in the past year, to have some really uh, amazing guests, and again, not to mention that you know, just amazing people that I, I host the show with on a daily basis. But um, you know, and sometimes I have these interviews, and it's like, man, I I really should have. Listen better. So, um, yeah, it, I I can't overestimate the uh, the importance of really being being present when you're hosting.
3: Mm, great call. I completely agree. By the way, in my limited experience, uh, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen in the industry as a whole over the last five years or so? That's from Mike Curlin, of course. Chris, sleepy Mike K.
0: Well, uh, I mean, I think if I could sum it up, it's specialization um, that you know, I think about, you know, the, the pitcherless folks and, and, you know, Saris, of course, eno know, has been at it a long time, but, you know, people really digging into spin rates and command and repertoires and grips. And that's just the pitching side of it. You know, I mean, it's um, the, the level of specialization, what people are doing with, you know, with video, with technology um, was unimaginable, right. Five years ago, probably. And if not five years ago, certainly six or seven. And, um yeah I, that's i just didn't see fancy baseball going in that direction and it's i i'm impressed every single day with the work that people do in these these very specialized uh niches within in fancy baseball
3: yeah prospects have become a monster yes. too. like that's just definitely something that's blown up in the last five years and i've seen that as a player before i started doing this so yeah it's well, i agree with you completely
1: there's just so much more information out there as well and I mean, just look at the amount of podcasts that have been started just over in the last like eight, nine months because of, uh, you know, COVID and just people are bored and like, hey, I love baseball. I love talking baseball. Let's let's start a podcast and uh, get within this community. So it's it's been great to see.
3: Wait, you're not talking about us, are you? No, we did not start. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, did. We had nothing <laughs> else to do. Right? However, we did do a college football podcast first last fall over a year ago. So we, we started did- our pod before the pandemic. We did. I'll say that, but who cares? It doesn't matter. That actually is my final question Al. Do you feel like, or maybe you don't, I feel like there's kind of a, maybe a bubble. Like there is a lot of people involved and I think it's great. I think everybody should have a voice and get involved and connect with each other. And most of the people that I've met in the fantasy baseball community are fantastic people, but I feel like there's a consolidation that will have to happen because the market will just force it to be that way. Cause not everyone can survive. Now I, I wonder what you think of that. Do you see things like that, or do you think there really is a place for almost every single person or entity, website, podcast, whatever, to kind of just be in their own little realm?
0: I hope there is. Um, I've I've been, I guess, a little surprised at how many people, how many you know specialties, how how many uh, approaches that our community has has been able to accommodate, and I think it's a fantastic thing. So. If if that's not the case in the future, I think it's just because somebody is putting up barriers that aren't there currently. And that's that's obviously not a good thing. So, uh, you know, I'll I'll be an optimist here. I'm not always an optimist, but I'll be an optimist here because I do I do think that as a community, we can sustain this and maybe even really there's room for us to be way more inclusive than we are. I mean, we're very inclusive in terms of methodologies and and um you know perspectives on baseball and all that sort of thing we're not really still great at being inclusive in terms of um you know gender race um sexual, sexual orientation and identity diversity. and yeah diversity yeah um so yeah hopefully we 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 get better all the way around
3: i completely agree with that i couldn't have said it better myself and what a pl- damn it i was gonna say a uh, privilege or pleasure, and I combine the two. What a pleasure. Privilege! privilege prev, pressure! Pressure! Now, let's start it over. Three, two, one. Oh, I'm on the air. My name is Michael govier This has been the Hey, it's the Rico plazo Baseball Podcast. We've had Al Melchior as our guest. What a what a thrill! I mean, he's still a human being. I'm not like <laughs> I'm, I like you, and I think you're a great analyst host. You do quite good work, but I'm not going to be like in awe of you. I, I still think you're a human being that I respect, but I. I don't want to uh, worship you. Is that okay?
0: Uh, that's, that's very okay.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Extremely <Yeah>. okay.
3: <laughs> Great. Cool. All right. So this has been the Hey, it's Rico Plazo Baseball Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Email show. Did you like what you heard? Palazzo Podcast, protodmail.com. And, of course, uh, Al, you can follow Al. Al, obviously, tell people about, you know, hopefully somebody new heard of you on this podcast and they can find out what you're doing why don't you tell everybody
0: all uh well first of all you can find me on twitter um you know more often than i'd like sometimes um <laughs> at al melke or bb al or bb on twitter um i you'll find me on the athletic um yeah we're i think they're still uh you know formulating plans for the 2021 season but um you know i'll be back with uh fancy baseball in 15 and uh back on the site at some point and, um, you know, hopefully soon because you know, baseball season is, is coming. So, uh, yep. You'll find me on the athletic and, um, you know, just can't wait to uh, wait for the season to get here.
3: Yay. That's awesome. Of course you can find Christopher Deary at C 1999. I'm at MJ Govier on Twitter. If you want to talk to me about something, I'm very open. Please share your thoughts with me. Al, thank you so much for being here. This was a great moment
0: for our podcast. We really appreciate it. And hopefully we can do it again sometime. I hope so. Yeah, Michael and Chris, thank you so much for having me. This is a blast.
1: Thanks so much, Al. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.